0: Good morning, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We serve an awesome God who loves us and cares for us as we come before him to worship today. Let us continue to pray and continue to lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ, our members here at Zion, as well in our community. Uh, We are dealing with a lot of tragedies and calamities and so much strife, and that we continue to look to our God uh, for comfort and time of peace uh, in our hearts and our minds and keep our minds stayed on him. Uh, So as we prepare to hear a word from him, let it prepare our hearts and our minds and to uh, surrender right now to his presence, to his spirit, uh, that we might see Jesus and have his word hidden in our heart, uh, that we might not sin against him. Uh, Join with me in prayer. Uh, Father, Lord, we ask you to bless us in this moment of time of meditation. Bless us, Lord, in this time of seeking your word. Draw us deeper into your presence. Fill us with your peace. Fill us with your word. Fill us with your love. Help us right now, Almighty God, that we might see you and have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you, Lord, we pray. Amen. Good morning again. Welcome as we're going to open up our Bible in the Old Testament to judge the 16th chapter. Uh, We will pick up at verse uh, four, uh, concluding our study and our story, looking at Samson, a complex and flawed character, uh, but yet met met by the grace of God and kind of a symbol for us to know that we have trials and tribulations in our lives. But through it all, we have a God whose grace, whose mercy and love is good and faithful and sustaining. And so today we're going to talk about how we can have high experiences, mountaintop experiences, but also in our times of life, times of issues, times of trouble, time of peril. We have those valley situations, those low times uh, in our lives. And so in this aspect, right, when you're going to have that peak experience when things are going well, you're at your best, you're at your strongest, you're at your fittest, you're at your brightest. And then there's times that you feel dim, you feel low, you feel dark. And you feel like, how can I make it out of this situation? And so in this moment, in this time, I want to encourage us to know that God is still present. Even though we may feel hopeless, we may feel hurt, we may feel shame, we may feel guilt, we may feel those pain, those difficulties, those darkness times, I want you to know that God's love never fails. God is still light, the light of the world. God is still able to pull you through whatever you're going through. And so this is a challenge for us to remind ourselves that our strength really comes from God and that our weakness is our weakness. And so I want you to understand this, that when we are weak, we can be found strong by trusting in God. But yet we need to remind ourselves that he has the ultimate power and the true power. In our story, we looked at Samson. Samson has natural strength uh, that God blessed him with. And then oftentimes we saw the spirit came upon Samson and he has super uh, natural strength to do some things that no one else has ever seen. And so in this text, we are going to find out that uh, Samson seems to enjoy his strength and he seems to realize that his strength has uh, given him the ability to get himself out of trouble. Uh, but yet in this text now, we find him low in the valley. Uh, he is lost in the valley. He's lost to his sensualities, lost to his own moral compass. Uh, he's lost not fully being the good judge of Israel, that he's spending more time in the enemy's territory and fellowshipping with them and then leading his people and protecting them and removing uh, the enemy, uh, the Philistines. He does not see that his doom is there in darkness. And that's the challenge many of us might have in our lives that we don't see what we're doing is causing our pain, is causing our trouble, is causing our heartaches. And Samson is involved head-on, not knowing that his light is soon to be extinguished. He is in love with someone who does not love him back. Uh, Samson's life looks like it is fueled uh, with thrill-seeking adventures, like he likes flirting with danger, uh, and definitely in the midst of the enemy's territory, not knowing that he is not always going to come out. In this text, we're going to also talk about some tests that Samson seems to be testing himself. Uh, he likes to thrill and excitement of danger testing. Can he get out of such events? But also in a highlight in this text, not only do we see these micro tests, we see a macro test. The micro test, we see Samson's love being tested by Delilah. We see the 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 Philistine leaders uh, testing Samson's strength. We see Samson testing his own strength um, and is, and seeing if he's able to overcome the things he sets for himself. But also we see the test of the liar's allegiance to the Philistines, and then ultimately we lastly we see the test of God Yahweh Adonai versus the Philistines' God Dagon. And so when we look in this low valley aspect, uh, Samson. Is found low in the valley. Look at verse four with me. 16th chapter says Samson. Some time later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah who lived in the valley of Sorai. Uh, Samson is in the valley. He is in a low point in his life, uh, in a mental, physical aspect and spiritual aspect, and also a literary aspect in a low part, low location geographically. He is staying in the enemy's territory. When we first introduced to him, he was in Gaza sleeping around there, and they looked to trap him, but he escaped. And now they find him in the valley in Sorak with Delilah. Notice again here that the name is given for this woman. In all the previous texts dealing with Samson, not even his mother's name and his his wife that was killed. We get the name, but we get the name of the one that he loved, the one that did not love him back, the one that we know ultimately betrayed him. We get her name. It's also, too, suggested that this name is a play on pawn within the story that Samson is named after the son of God, this pagan God. And Delilah is also the name that kind of sounds like night and something to extinguish. And so that she took the light out of Samson and removed his power. Uh, she so is the first woman that we get the a name and account. And so do we see the importance of her uh, in this story? Samson's exploits are known now when the Delilah is being approached because of his exploits, because of his his continued fighting and combating with the Philistines. And they now know that he's in love with Delilah. He's spending time with him. So you can see how they're keeping tabs on Samson. They know what is going on. This is pre Instagram, pre Facebook that he didn't have to put nothing in his social mentions or he had to put a selfie in a post. But yet he was so blatant in his lifestyle that it was well known what he was doing and who he was doing it with. And so the ruler of the Philistines, verse five, went to hear her and said, entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how we can be overpowered and tied up securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver, 1,100 pieces from each of them. Now, each ruler from the five cities A Philistine came to this woman to say, we will pay you eleven hundred each. So multiply that by five. So you have five thousand five hundred pieces of silver going to come to you if you can help us entrap. Samson. Now the test of Samson begins. Delilah now is using Samson's professed love against him to see how she can get this money. You can see now that the two things that might be in love here. Samson seems to love his strength and love sensuality. While we might see Delilah does not love Samson, but she might love power and influence and respect. So Delilah gives in and goes and realizes, I want to get this money. I want this influence. I want this power. I want this prestige. I want to be higher. I have the rulers coming to me, uh, seeking my help in order to defeat the enemy of the Philistines. And so now she has been elevated. And now Samson is is now the bait and she's looking to trap him. And he's low and out. We see here that his love is only going one way. We need to be mindful in our lives that sometimes that when people are out to get us, that they will use us and and take advantage of us if we're not being careful to be aware. And Samson, totally unaware at this time, it seems to be, that he is okay living with the enemy, that he's okay dwelling with the enemy, breaking his vows that he was supposed to keep, until his death that he was given to at birth, and he's living a life that's only pleasing him. Sometimes we need to take some time to make sure, am I headed in the right direction? Things might be working out for me, but yet they may not always work out in the end. Samson is not living the life he should be living. He's not doing what he should be doing, but he's enjoying what he is doing. That's a a sign for us to remind us that everything that feels good is not good. We need to be careful that we don't get caught up doing things we should not be doing just because it feels good. We cannot justify our emotions when our emotions can lead us astray. Samson's emotions has led him astray. He led him to love a woman who does not love him back. And she's using this now against him for her own advancement. Samson should have been suspicious about these questionings. Look what happened, so Delilah said to Samson, please tell me, what makes you so strong and what would it take to tie you up and secure securely you? Uh, the New Living Translation says it that way. Another way, the uh, New American Standard says, what could how can I bound you and afflict you? Basically, it calls you pain and suffering. I don't know about you, but I, I will have great questions. and some follow up questions. If someone came to me this, that I love and says, how can I hurt you? I'll be like, well, first of all, well, why do you want to know that? And here it is that Samson doesn't care about. He just says, let's play this game. I love danger. I love this time. Fine. This is what you want to do. Let's have fun with this. So Samson should have been suspicious of this questioning. This is not the first time a woman that he had eyes for, he was attracted to, uh, that asked him questions to find out weaknesses in him. His but Charles White decided to beg him to find out about the answer to the riddle that will cause his pain. This has been an alarm to Samson to realize that the last time I given in to a woman nagging me and asking me about a weakness or something that's going to hurt me, that I give in to this moment. So we see Samson does not initially give in. He starts making stuff up, saying that you can get some undried cords. And what he's saying here is untied sinews, basically basically. Um, muscles and tendons from a dead animal, which he should not be touching. But yet he says, now I'll, I'll try this out. We'll see if these these. This is a part of these courts. If you have had them undried and wrap them up on me, I'll, I'll become weak. But it says he woke up and shook and snapped them out like it was nothing. And then he says, well, if you get new ropes uh, that's never been used before and bound me. I, I will lose my strength. And the third time he woke up again and set and, sh- and sh- that uh, shake it out. I'm sorry, the second time. But the third time he says, well, it's my hair that if you would. Take my seven locks and wile them up into a weaver's womb and stick a pin in it. And I, I, I will lose all my strength to become as common as a common man. And so she does that again and he wakes up and pulls the pin out. And every time she says this, she says, this Sister Samson says, awake and the Philistines are upon you. So three times so far, she's done this to him and Samson will wake up and his strength was still with him. He was able to overcome what came his way. I'm going to highlight something here that be careful that you get a false sense of security, that you've been flirting with danger for so long and you like, so far, so good. We need to remind ourselves that we need not Play with God's grace. Just because you made it this far, that don't mean you need to keep on going. There's a time you need to pull over maybe and turn around and start reassessing. I'm not in the right direction, but by God's grace, he blessed me that it didn't become as bad as it should have been. I, I escaped with just a few bruises and a few scratches, or I might escape. Sca- you know, scratch free. But either way, I need to realize I don't want to play with fire because you know what happens if you play with fire, you're soon going to get burned. And here it is, Samson is playing with fire. And he said, I haven't got burned yet. I've always overcome. Every time they did me wrong, I'm able to go back and get them because I had this great strength. And so the fourth time, uh, Delilah's been made a fool of and she's been lied upon and and now she's desperate to find out because she's might be losing favor with the Philistine ruler. Because every time Samson told her what to do, she would imply and tell the Philistine rulers, and they would have the guards in the inner chamber somewhere waiting to capture Samson. And every time she's been falling short, so she's probably losing favor as probably. But yet the rulers are desperate because they need to defeat Samson, and there's no other way they can defeat Samson. And so finally she says, Tell me. Tell me, come on, why are you lying to me? But yet Samson should have been caught on from the first three times. But the fourth time, Samson decided to give in. And so Samson tells her in verse 17, he says, finally, Samson shared his secret with her. My hair has never been cut, he confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazareth from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would have lead me and I would become as weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth. So she sent for the Philistine rulers. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with money in their hands. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven lots of his hair. In this way, she began to bring him down and his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought I would do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him, gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza, where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. Play with fire. You'll get burnt. They captured him and take out his eyes. Something special here in this illusion here, that Samson being the uh, name that kind of goes with light, and they took his light out, they took his eyes. The uh, Lila rhymes with uh, similar to name sounds like darkness, and in, in, in the Hebrew and Aramaic word language, now he becomes dark. She became his darkness. She extinguished uh, his light. Samson is now defeated. The one that they could not capture, the one that he defeated a, a, a heaps of heaps with a jawbone. He would cut jackals' tails together, cut, tie jackals' tails together with a torch and set their grain on fire in their harvest. Now he's enslaved to grind their grain. It's he went from being high, now he's low in the valley, rock bottom, all the way there. I want to say this to us, that when we get lost in the vow, we need to be careful that we don't just try to stay there, that we need to look to God for strength and for encouragement. And, Lord, I need help. I need direction. I need a way to get out of here. Samson thought his strength was always his own. Notice what he says to her. He's broken almost every vow. He has had a party full of vines, uh, fruit of the vine. He has touched the carcass, the lion, where the honeycomb came from. But yet his hair has not been cut. And and so here it is that the final one, he tells her that, well, well one thing I, I've kept, one thing I have not broken. So possibly it might be because I never cut my hair. But Samson also believed that none of that stuff was what made him strong. He just thought he was naturally strong. And, and the text points out clearly to us that he did not know the Lord has left him. He fully became weak. He fully became And incapacitated. Once the Lord left him. One thing about the Nazarite vow, it ends when their hair is shaved. And that's the conclusion of the vow. But Samson had no end of his vow. His end was at his death. But yet he broke every one of his vows in life. He was not faithful unto death. And so he's reeked by bottom. His strength is gone. His eyes are gone. His freedom is gone. Samson has been defeated by his enemies. And here's a situation that he looked in the process here that they finally got him where they wanted him. He was not looking around, looking to find ways out. Samson was happy just living a life of sin, living with the enemy. And now it has bitten him. It has hurt him. It has crippled him. I want to encourage you out there today that if you might be struggling and dealing with some sin sickness, you might be dealing with issues in your life, troubles. It might be physically, it might be emotional, it might be spiritual. Don't allow it to fester. Don't allow it to be there. Go and get help. Seek others. Find some godly men, godly women you can talk to and, and converse with and pray with and say, I need assistance. I, I need help. And I want to encourage you to know that our God is able to deliver us. He's able to put people in our lives at the right time to help us out. But here it is. Samson was not looking for help. He was just resting on himself. And when he found out that when he woke up and he shook himself and he couldn't get it done, he found out that God has left him. And now he's in chains. He's in bondage. He's gone from being judged to now being a slave. He went from being one who was in awe of, now that he becomes their amusement. Notice that they says that after some time, right, it says that Samson's hair begins to grow. That's a byline to let let us know that God has not forgotten him, but also shows that how the Philistines could care less now that they had him defeated. They weren't even thinking how they got to continue to shave his head. But Samson also understood that there was not any magic in his hair. And yet we know, too, there was no magic in his hair. His power, his strength came from God. And so Samson is brought out for amusement. And so here's the final test of our God, Adonai, Yahweh versus their God, lowercase g, Dagon. Samson has been captured. The rules held a great festival offering sacrifices and praising their God, gone. they said our God has given us victory over our enemy, Samson. Notice that they don't give credit to Delilah. They give credit to their God, as, as they were able to defeat their enemy, uh, Samson. The story gives us a very great narration, show us about how Samson's hair begins. But yet the Philistines are not concerned about that, for they are celebrating that they already have victory And look to humiliate Samson. And so here it is. It says that they are uh, full of of high spirits. New Living Translation helps us to see that uh, that, the euphemism saying they were half drunk by now. The people demand to bring out Samson so he can amuse us. So he was brought from the prison to amuse them. And they had him stand between the pillars supporting the roof. God's mercy and power in our time of need shows up. Samson is now looking to the true source of his power to strike back against the Philistines. Then verse 28 of the 60 chapter says, Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again, O God. Please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. I want to highlight here that, again, Samson is more uh, self-centered in his prayer. Uh, That he does not want to avenge Israel, but he wants to avenge the Philistines for his two eyes. But still, what I want to point out to us is that God had already ordained to use Samson to begin the deliverance of the Philistines from Israel. Excuse me. It's amazing how God can use us in spite of ourselves with our issues, our complexities, our weaknesses. uh, God is still able to use us when we make ourselves available Samson now is made himself available. Samson now in his humiliation now humbles himself before the Lord and asking God for strength. All the other times he passed, he believed that his strength was just from himself. He shook and woke up. But now he finds out that I lost my strength because I lost my way with God. I want to encourage us to know that our God is always with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Though we may get off the path and go in the wrong directions, let us not stay in that path. Let us turn back to God before that for His guidance and His salvation. And so He prayed also, "Let me die with the Philistines." And so a young man, the text tells us, he asked him, "Put me by the top pillars and." He got by and it says he took his left arm and his right arm and he stretched and he bent and knocked off the pillars. And the, the pillars were, were holding up some wood planks on, on the temple. Roughly three thousand Philistines were up there having a gathering party, looking down at Samson. And yet they all come tumbling down. Here I want to encourage us and know that God sees us in our lowest moments and he can lift us up. Samson was low and he did not see God until he lost all that he had. Let us not wait till it's too long to turn back to God. God's grace never runs out. So let us turn back towards God. Samson, the text tells us that in his death, he killed more uh, than in all of his life. I want you to understand that how Samson began deliverance. But in Christ, we have eternal deliverance. Uh, Samson could only do this much in his life, and he failed, truly, in the end, but was more successful in his death. But we all have victory in death, in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Though we may have sin, yet by his grace, we can come to him and repent of our sins and know the freedom and know the liberation of salvation through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage us to realize that we don't have to stay lost in the valley, but we can turn to the hills which cometh our help, and our help comes from the Lord. We can look up to this heavens and know that our God is is, is standing there waiting for us to come. Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father in majesty, he desires for us to have a place with him over in glory. So no longer do we need to stay low, no longer do we need to feel defeated. But we have victory in life in Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage us just as Christ defeated death and just as Christ has given us life, just as Christ has given us victory, I want you to walk with your head up high. I want you to walk in power and in victory. You know that greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Don't walk around thinking you can do it by your strength. You can do it by your might. But remind yourself, just like Samson had to come to his own senses, that he had to find out that it wasn't in his hair, it wasn't in his vows, but yet it was by God. And you too, I want you to know it's by God's strength, it's by God's might, by His love, His mercy, His grace, you will have victory in your life. So don't be lost in the valley, but be found in Christ, be found in God, and no power and no victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Let us pray. Father, Lord, we ask you right now to bless us to see you in your presence. Bless us, Lord, in our hurt and our pain to not lose sight that you are our strength, you are our rock, you are our salvation. Continue to be with us, Almighty God. Help us right now. And Father, reveal to us those who maybe we can talk to, who can encourage us and help us in our times of weaknesses. And thank you for reminding us, Lord, that in you we are truly made strong and we have victory. Uh, and now, Father, bless us as we continue on to walk this earthly journey. We do so. Uh, through your grace and mercy, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you all for joining. Uh, remember, Jesus loves you, and so do I. And continue to lift up um, Zion members in prayer. And uh, don't and look. Don't forget, you continue to join in fellowship in Sunday school. Thank you. God bless you. Until we meet again, Jesus loves you, and so.